Last week, we started a new preaching series, Living with the Victor. I almost feel that the, the, the verse that I mentioned at the beginning of the homily last week is kind of, the, kind of a, a theme for us these, these weeks of Easter, of this preaching series, and that was Paul in the First Corinthians 15, verse 57, where he says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because the resurrection happened, it is happening for us. And then therefore our lives, the Christian life, is our participation in the victory of Christ. It's the participation in the resurrection of how does it affect my, my daily life and how I live from day to day. Last week we saw that Peter was not living with the victor. Peter had things in his past that he had not yet dealt with, things that had too tight of a hold on him that kept him from, that kept him from living in this face down image that we talked about last week, this defeated spot. And like Peter, so is the case with us that we can have things in our past that we've not yet confronted that keeps us from receiving and giving love, which is what our hearts were made for, to do more and more and more of that, of receiving more and more love and giving more and more love. So Jesus, what did he do? He built that charcoal fire. He said, let's have the conversation. Let's go to the past so as to be restored. This week, the church gives us our text is John chapter 10 where we hear Jesus say, my sheep hear my voice. It's kind of that iconic analogy. And I know, at least for me, I hear that and I'm like, okay, I got that analogy, I've heard it. You know, Jesus is the shepherd, we're his sheep. As the sheep hears the shepherd's voice, so is we hear the shepherd's voice. But throughout this whole week, the Lord is, has been saying to me, Mark, you've gotta make you've got to make this extremely practical. It needs to be brought extremely practical because the difference of it just kind of staying at this cute analogy, my sheep hear my voice versus it being made extremely practical for our lives is the difference between living with a victor and living a defeated life. Maybe with head down with that image that we talked about last week. And the first step is for us to, to, to know that God does speak to me. That he can speak and that he does speak. I think a lot of Christians live with this deistic view. They're deists. A deist is someone who believes in God. I believe God exists. I believe he created. But yet it's more like a God who just kind of wound up the clock at the beginning and created everything. And then he kind of just let things go. And he doesn't really speak to me. He doesn't really have an impact on my, on my day-to-day life. It's not uncommon on that, on that front. It's not uncommon. Well, first to say like that, that's not the case because he is risen. Because Jesus is alive. That means he speaks to me. I can know with confidence that he does speak. But it's not uncommon for people to say things like, I don't know if I've ever really heard God speak to me. Like, I don't know if I've really ever heard his voice. So there must be something wrong with me. We hear the text today that says the sheep hear his voice, but I'm not sure if I've ever really heard his voice. Someone recently asked me, Father Mark, when you say God spoke to you, and he was referring, I think, to a homily that I gave a number of weeks ago when I said God spoke to me to, to put the, the, you know, the removing obstacles up on the wall in the narthex. So when you say God spoke to you, Father Mark, how do you know? That's a great question. Because it can be misleading of me saying that God spoke to me is as if I have this audible, that I heard the audible voice of God. 
I've never heard the audible voice of God. Now, you might be sitting there, well, well, I thought maybe I was the only one, right? Or maybe I thought the priest did or something. I've never heard the audible voice of God. So in that case, I didn't hear Mark. I didn't hear an audible voice. Mark put up some on the wall, removing obstacles for us to do as a parish family. What didn't come as an audible voice? It came as a thought. See, God speaks us through, through our minds, our hearts, and our soul. Or as St. Ignatius says, he, he calls them the interior movements. Our thoughts, our feelings, and our desires. God speaks to us through our thoughts, our feelings, and desires, which would be great and good if God was the only one who spoke to me that way. But he's not. There's this other guy over here. And he also speaks to me on the level of the thought. Now, same thing with the evil one. If he showed up like somebody on my shoulder and I heard an audible voice from him, he'd be one, I'd be quick to easily just flick him off my shoulder. But he comes to me on the level of the thought. So therefore, I can have God speaking to me through my thought. I can have my own thoughts. And I can also have the evil one. So therefore, the, the key is for us to figure out, to figure out which of our inner thoughts feelings and desires are from God and which ones are not. This is one of the, the most necessary skills in the spiritual life for us to discern, the ability to discern who is speaking to us in the depths of our soul. And without this skill, we run the risk of, of following a voice that's not him and following a voice where we're led to, to loneliness, we're led to des a desolate spot, we're led to maybe even being lying on the floor face down. But we, we can know, we, don't, we can live with the victory and we can know the voice of God. So what I wanna do today is just to give real two quick practical guides, principles to help us discern God's voice. As I was telling Deacon Frank yesterday, this is going to be a whole preaching series is just the fact of discerning God's voice. But for us today, uh, just to take two guiding principles. The first is this. First principle, God doesn't contradict himself. So the question for us to ask ourselves is, is the voice I'm hearing, and again, my sheep hear my voice. It's not an audible voice. My sheep hear my voice. So that voice is the voice I'm hearing on the level of thoughts, feelings, and desires is in accord with scripture because God does not contradict himself. So if the thought comes and it's, a, and it's against scripture or it's against church teaching, it's not of God. Discernment's over. You know, a, a, thought, a thought comes to me to be unfaithful to my spouse. That's not from God. That thought might come, but it's not from God. So therefore, it's all the more important as we grow in maturity in our walk with the Lord, as we grow in descriptions, grow in our walk with the Lord, we need to grow in ever deepening awareness of a good examination of conscience, a good understanding of the Ten Commandments. So we know God's voice because God never contradicts himself which is really important in the spiritual life when we get the thoughts and the desires. Second principle to leave us with here today is this. Second is that God convicts the evil one, the evil spirit accuses. God convicts, evil one 
accuses. So that distinction between accusation and conviction, God never accuses, never, but he does convict. So an example of a father, a father late in the evening, maybe it's during dinner, after dinner, he loses it and goes off on his kids, loses his patience, and he goes on a yelling tirade, and he does some damage in the midst of it. It's to the extent where it's, I know that that went too far, did some damage. He, he knows he's done some harm and he feels bad. And later in the night, he's lying in bed and a thought comes to him, you're a bad dad. The tone here is key. Does it come in a form of accusation in, 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 in condemnation? Because this, be, this would be the tone here of the accuser. You're a bad dad. How could you have done that? You're never going to change. You have no hope of changing. And inside, as you're laying in bed, you feel defeated. There's a sense, there's a thought, there's a feeling that's accompanying that thought is, is a sense of defeated. And you feel pushed down under the weight of your sin. And discouragement sets in. All of these signs are an indication that they're, that they're accusing and they're coming from the accuser. On the other hand, the thought comes and it's on the level of conviction. Like I, I, I messed up, I know I messed up. The good spirit here wants to convict. So even under the weight of sin, I, I have this sense of hope that I can change, that tomorrow can be different, that God meets me in his mercy here. As I'm lying in bed, that thought comes, I'm filled with a, a conviction of, of doing wrong but I have this, this hope that I can change, that God meets me in his mercy and that I can move forward here. And I almost, in this is a sense of invitation. It's a subtle difference. It's a subtle difference in the tone, but knowing the difference is critical and is the difference between living with the victor and knowing the spiritual life, living with the victor or living in this spot of defeat. Because from that spot, you can see that spiral effect that can go place. And this is one thought at the end of the day. Keep in mind that God speaks, the, sh the sheep hear his voice. God is constantly speaking to us through our thoughts, our feelings, and our desires. Constantly. That is one small, very real example of things that happen all the time throughout our day. <clears throat> Any words that we carry, any words we hear that carry an accusatory tone are from the evil one. The words themselves might be true, but if they come in an accusatory tone, you can know that they have not been spoken by God because the voice of God is kind. The voice of God is gentle. He's merciful. So if that voice it is not from there, I can reject it and move forward. As the, I shared the image last week, the difference, right, as Houston, the Michigan player knocked down that three at the half court and they won at the buzzer. And they had one team that was running around the court on one end with joy and then the other team was lying face down on the floor. The difference between victory and defeat sometimes can be razor thin. That ball could have been a millimeter off one way or the other and that ball would have hit the rim and Houston would have won, Michigan would have lost. The same thing is in the spiritual life. Sometimes the difference with living with the victor or living in the spot of defeat can be razor thin. 
I've even sometimes determining and investigating the tone of a thought, a feeling, and a desire. So for us this week, for us this week, listen this week. Listen even just today because he is always speaking and the sheep hear his voice. Listen and notice the interior movements, the thoughts, the feelings, the desires, and ask where are they coming from here? Where's that thought coming from? What tone does it take? And two tools, two tools to use this week. Does, it con does the thought contradict scripture or, te or church teaching? If it is, it's not from God. And then secondly, does it come from an accusatory tone or conviction? The difference can be razor thin, but it's difference between living a defeated life versus living with the victory.